Hey everybody, Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. This is a teaser for an appearance I did on my what I'm calling my virtual book tour. Inside Video Game Creation is out at Amazon right now in ebook and paperback formats. So I have appeared on a number of podcasts recently to talk about the book, hang out with some mutuals, and just have a good time. So the first installment of that virtual book tour was at my friend Carl LaDuke's podcast, Zero to Play. And in this show, I'm going to play a segment from that talk. You can, uh, of course, go check out that episode at his podcast to get the full chat. And that's how you can kind of keep up with the uh, virtual book tour. We're going to be doing more Game Dev Breakdown chats also. I just spoke with somebody uh, this week for an episode that will probably come out next week. And uh, we'll keep things going that way also. In the meantime, check out this segment from Zero to Play. Yeah, so is this the first uh, time you've been introduced with an author in your, in your title? It is. This is my first author intro. And beyond that, I rarely feel this well understood as I, as you uh, captured me in that intro. That was perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it's awesome. So you, you, you launched a book five days ago called Inside Video Game Creation. And it's all about the kind of interviews that you've done through your podcast and you've, you've uh, transcribed them, followed, followed up with, with your guests again, gotten more context. And uh, what I love and what I would love this conversation to kind of be revolved around is I feel like you you have a ton of experience from how the gaming industry has evolved from the 80s, 90s. Um, you worked as a, as a software developer for over a decade and you must have an amazing perspective of the industry. Whereas I grew up in the 90s, that's when my kind of gaming passion started and I just kind of want to pick your brain a bit on on what the industry was like back then, because I think there's a lot of value we can take as we see trends nowadays. You know, if things are, are a cycle like most trends are, uh, we'll probably see a lot of things from back in the 80s and 90s that um, we'll see those things again. So I, I, I guess I, I'm going to jump around a lot this podcast, but just one question that I had, I just want to kind of get a bit more inside your mind. What was your very earliest gaming memory like? My earliest memory of games, I think, had to be on my uh, my mom's Atari. So I was playing games like Missile Command, uh, Pac-Man, early stuff like that. And then my first console was the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I had, of course, uh, Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. So those those are my earliest games. And really, I got started in the 90s because uh, I was, you know, five or six at that time. So uh, most of my memories come from the 90s also. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, okay, yeah. So you're actually not that much. That You're not that further behind me. I, I kind of, in, in 95, I was born in 94. And uh, okay. my first experience was... Um, you know Mario Kart on the Nintendo 64, and um, so you're you're probably like a generation of consoles behind me. That's that's how I kind of yeah, see it. Yeah, um, that sounds vi- right. Video game magazines. It, it seems to be an area that that you're quite um, that that was a big part of your childhood, and you took inspiration from it with your book. You kind of wanted to do a callback to how video game magazines, uh, the interviews were were. Um, uh, written back then can you explain a bit more about that process and why you, why you decided to uh go with that for your book for sure so i i talk a little bit about this in the introduction but 
when I was young, we were, you know, playing the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo. That's when I had friends. I could go to their house and stuff. You, you know how those those memories go. But we would sit around and read those magazines, Nintendo Power, Game Pro. They go on and on. And my favorite part of those, I mean, my friends liked, you know, hey, the they're cool ads and we know what's coming out and they've got cheat codes and stuff. And I was like, but you guys, these magazines show how the games are created. And they're like, yeah, okay. So uh, I, I learned there was something maybe a little bit different about my interest in games than, than some folks. So uh, mm. I kept that with me. You know, I, I read those books as I got older, uh, read those magazines. Um, when I discovered that there were authors later on who were doing stuff like that, you know, you've got Masters of Doom and just great, really in-depth books like that, where authors really follow studios and game developers for a long period of time. I There was no amount of that I wouldn't read. So mm. That's something that drew me into the actual development side of it that I learned later on. And, uh, you know, as I, as I started the podcast and these things took off a little bit, I went, okay, I I'm ready to do a book. I would love to do a book. I had some time cause we have the quarantine and everything like that. I thought, let's go to a wider audience. Like how did I really get into this stuff? And I, I recalled that it was a lot of reading and, and learning about this stuff. And when we had the internet and websites, you could check out, that's really what drew me in. And uh, I, I tell you, I've been looking at Goodreads and one of the first people to add this book to their Goodreads shelf, I noticed was a, a younger, like teenage person who I'm sure is not, probably not a developer, probably just a gaming enthusiast. And I went, okay, we, we came full circle. This is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel like that was a huge indicator of success. If, if one young person like me went, hey, cool, I can read about how video games are made. Like, that's perfect to me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's, you know, your mission is complete now. Uh, what, what is it about the, the kind of interview format that you like where it's all kind of broadcasted uh, word by word? There's, there's something special about that to me because, you know, we, we are coming to an age where we're looking around at the things that are written and the things that are presented to us. And we go, you know, authors do an important job, but like how well did the author capture that content? How well was the story told? Was it slanted one way or another? And obviously there's not a huge agenda for, for, uh, you know, game developers to change the words of a, a creator's story or anything, but it's fantastic to me to really get it from the words of the person who did it. Uh, there, mm -hmm. I feel like there's something magical to that. I could have gone a different direction. I'm sure I had plenty of content. I could have created a narrative and uh, done much shorter, punchier stories, but I, I really wanted people to kind of get a chance to go through the words of these people. And uh, I feel like you do get a deeper meaning from, from someone's actual words. So um, mm. quotes are great. You know, I, I wrote one chapter at the end, uh, in more of a narrative tone, but uh, I felt like this was a great way to capture the just the pure essence of what they wanted to get across. So I, I hope that comes through. Yeah, no, I and you sent me a copy of the book over the weekend before the podcast, and I really appreciate it. I flicked through it, and it's definitely something I want to read um, cover to cover just because you can learn so much from other people's experience. And and that's something I'd love for you to, to maybe share with the audience listening is, is there is there one story that comes to mind from one of the uh, developers or uh, people in the gaming industry that you interviewed that, that you'd like to share with the podcast as, as a sort of teaser to check out your book? Something that was so interesting about this book process was um, I, I've mentioned this also, but so many times I stopped and looked at something and made a realization that I, I had missed myself. I conducted these interviews and several times I went through stuff and went, 
I just realized something for the first time or made a connection or really got the the deeper meaning from somebody. And, uh, you know, you know, you run a podcast, you know how this goes, like your listening skills increase by leaps and bounds. I feel like if, yeah. if you're focused on that, uh, you become better at grabbing what's going on in a conversation. Um, that's one reason I got into it. I, I wasn't very good at that at one time, but um, the things, not only that, the connections I've made from these stories and when I went back to circle back, or I just looked at what happened since th- that time with these people, a couple of these people I talked to a year or more ago. And uh, in one case, th- this is terrible. These aren't all exciting stories, but we had uh, an interview with Jordan Michael Lemos of uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. He was a, a writer who contributed to the game. And he, he talked about how optimistic he was at the end of the project because Ubisoft did such a great job of keeping people on without doing big, big layoffs. And uh, he had already been laid off several times in the industry. He's a young guy. And by the time, between the time that we did the interview and it went out uh, in this book, I think he had lost his job two or three different times. Wow. Uh, not, not Ubisoft. I have to give them credit. They kept him on, but he, he went to work on different projects and, uh, at least two times he lost a job, his job since then. And, uh, he's actively looking for a job now, actually wow. there, there have been a lot of really, um, not always great, but really surprising and kind of heavy realizations that I made doing this. Um, you know, also there, there's one story that's never been told before with a uh, developer who, has survived incredible things. I had, I had to tell almost his whole life story to explain the project he's working on today. Wow. He worked in uh, New York City during 9-11. He was working at one of the newspapers. He was in the middle of not only 9-11, but the anthrax attacks that happened afterwards. Um, he, he followed uh, a woman he fell in love with. He started a family in uh, Ohio after that and uh, raised two little boys while uh, she continued in that same line of work. And uh, now he's doing a, uh, a video game project with his sons, uh, one of which is special needs. And his whole family is working on this project. Now he has such an incredible story. He needs a movie about him. Yeah. So, so many of these stories, it's been such an honor and a privilege to just, uh, just to try to tell the stories. And I, I'm sure I won't do all of them justice, but I sure did my best. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, definitely go go check it out if you guys are interested. I'm sure there's there's those and and uh, many more different kinds of stories that th- things you might not even realize would impact you when reading them. Um, so definitely go check out the book. Uh, another comment you made, I, I think, in a in a podcast is you said that writing the book has has been like making a game, uh, <laughs> and and I'd love to to hear a bit more as to why that is and and what your um, yeah wh- why you came to that conclusion. It's the connection is actually so strong. I'm in the process of writing a postmortem like you would about a game. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing one about the book project. So I am actually in the middle of that. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's funny because I, I stopped at like each stage and went like, okay, how is this like making a game? Cause I've been through both now. Uh, you're, you're designing an experience for the end user. I mean, that's you. Okay. So like, I'm not writing a, a heavily narrative driven book, but I'm, doing very uh, technical kinds of writing and editing, especially. And I have to keep thinking about, you know, how is this going to go for the reader? It goes on and on. I had to decide whether to approach a publisher. So, you know, I had to decide if I wanted to manage a publisher relationship because I, through the podcast, I have connections at a number of, of publishers and eventually decided 
I'm an indie guy. This is what I want to do. I want to keep it small. I want to do it myself and on my terms. And if it goes well at all, I want to hang on to the money. You know, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. So that was another thing. Scope creep became an issue. Like how much content do you put in? Do you mm-hmm. keep it manageable? Like uh, crunch scheduling, you know, I, when do I announce a date and how do I make sure that I don't have to scramble as that date approaches? And then the marketing at the end. I mean, this is, this is my attempt at doing kind of a virtual book tour. So I, I hit up all my mutuals and said, I'd love to, to jump around and sit in on some podcasts, chat with some of my friends who are doing this stuff. It goes on and on. The list is already like, I have like 10 or 15 bullet points. I want to sort of write about, about how these things were similar because it's, it's really surprising. Yeah. And, and the kind of connection that I make is uh, gaming is, is a medium, just like writing is a medium. And they're, they're both creative outlets for producing content. And, and I think the, the, the similarities in the process, I think, just confirms one of the missions of this podcast. And that's to deconstruct whether gaming is a form of art, whether uh, gaming is a creative process and, and, and just that, that relationship that people have with, with creating games um, and not just being a, a form of entertainment or distraction. And, and, and your story really helps, I think, confirm that where whether you decide to write a book or you know, record a song or um, make a movie or make a game. It's there's a lot of similarities in that process when it comes to yeah scope creep and I, I think I'm excited to see your postmortem because I think you'll mention things that a lot of game developers might not think about but they should think about things like marketing um, yes. is over is overlooked a lot when uh, with indie game developers trying to ship games and it's probably one of the most important parts. Uh, when it comes to making it a success. I want to thank Carl again. I had a great time doing that appearance. He's a, uh, he's a, a big researcher. He's, he was very well prepared for that. And I really appreciate that because that's something I strive for too. So I appreciate that strategy and I had a great time. So uh, if you enjoy Zero to Play, you can check show notes for uh, links to uh, subscribe to that and support Carl. He's a uh, great, really nice guy. And uh, if you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, would love to have you subscribe anywhere. We have show notes at CodeWritePlay.com. You can check out, again, Inside Video Game Creation is available on Amazon now. Links to that all over CodeWritePlay.com. Reach out on social at GameDevPod, at CodeWritePlay, and me, Todd Mitchell, at MechaToddzilla with one D and two L's. Want to hear all about your feedback, your news, what's on your mind, what you're working on, all that stuff. So that's great. Do something you love today, and I will be back very soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.